doors are closing. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of the Looking Differently podcast. This is Said here today, continuing the Are You Singaporean series of conversations. In the last episode, my friend Siyang talked to his friend Arina about coming to Singapore from Moscow and making Singapore home amidst the various challenges she has faced. I highly recommend you to listen to the episode in case you have not. Today, I will be speaking to my friend Harvey. Harvey's story is also unique. Born in Singapore to parents of Filipino origin, Harvey also had to navigate these grey areas of identity with regards to nationality, race, language and culture. He truly brings a different way of looking at the question of are you Singaporean, especially as a sportsman. With that said, here's my conversation with Harvey. Hi Harvey, glad to have you with us today. Hey, what's up, Syed? Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, your team is, you know, it's it's been an honor. I didn't realize I was going to be picked for this. <laughs> but yeah, um, thank you so much. I know we obviously, you and I, go way, way back to our childhood. Yeah. You still remember that time when we invited you, I invited you for my birthday party? And then your little brother oh, got injured, oh right? Oh my God. That yeah. was like P2, I think. Of P1. course I had to. Yeah. That, that's the first time any any of my family members got stitched up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Battle scars, battle scars. <laughs> battle scars. All right. So, um, and thank you for, for first uh, agreeing to actually even speak about this topic. Um, and this topic, uh, as, as I was saying, is uh, we called it, Are You Singaporean? Which is a question we feel that most most of who we would categorize as the other from either their looks or the way that they speak, they face this question or they face this doubt of are you Singaporean? Uh, but but let's just turn back time. You, you were just talking about um, your birthday party. So yeah, I just wanted to share with uh, the audience that you know, Harvey and I, we go a long way back. So I think the first time that I saw or met you was in, was in our primary school. Shout out to Chenghua Primary School. Chenghuarians, the best <laughs> that we can be. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, I, I first uh, met you in a Malay language class. And it was a class taught by this uh, old friendly teacher called Chigu Kamsatun. Who likes to pinch our butts whenever you don't get to answer things correctly. Uh, to MOE, it's not abuse. It's tender loving care. <laughs> it is, yeah. Old school Malay teachers, man. Yeah. They know how to, they know how to get you learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember you being one of them who often got pinched. <laughs> right. And... Um, yeah, and I was I was telling myself, oh my god, this guy, he's why why is he even in this uh, Malay class? Like his Malay language is isn't uh, it's not even it's not even <laughs> I you, you can say below average, no matter. <laughs> yeah, below below average, way below average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and then uh, just to fast forward time a little bit, the following year because of how big you were. You you are still you still are big, you know. Um, 
And uh, yeah, you you join our rugby team, and in our Chenghua rugby team, we had this tradition. At least in our in our batch of uh, praying before we enter the field, and most of us being uh, Malay Muslims, we we recited our uh, Al Fatihah before we entered the field. Right. And then when it came to you, you you started with Dear Lord. <laughs> I was I was puzzled, you know. I was like, okay, this guy, he's, he's taking Malay language. So I, I mean, back in those days, I would just assume that you are Malay, you know. And this, this Malay guy, is not a Muslim, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so probably, probably I'll just start with uh, asking you to share a little bit about your background, um, about how you, probably not the correct question, you know, like how you came to Singapore. Because you didn't come to Singapore, you were born here, right? Yeah. yeah but but basically about how your family um, settled in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I miss those memories. Now you think about it, it's like, man, all those years has gone bust, uh, and uh, <laughs> we're old now, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, so. Basically, what started out was uh, I'll just go straight into my heritage. Um, so my my dad actually first came to Singapore. Yeah. Late nine, late eighties, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. So obviously, uh, so my dad is Filipino. He's from the, um, you could call it province, or basically he's he's from Pasig, which is basically mm-hmm. one of the municipalities or rather areas in in Manila. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my mom's actually down south, so she came from Dumaguete. Uh, so essentially, my dad first came here um, to find work in the eighties. Uh, and he was posted here, uh, and then I was born in 1995, mm-hmm. right here in Singapore in Mount Elizabeth. Still remember that one? Uh, because of the health booklet, right? You all have health booklet. <laughs> yeah. So my heritage growing up was basically also being transported in a city which is, which has rather a myriad of languages. So I was exposed very young to neighbors who. I remember my closest neighbor was actually a Malay uh, family. So mm. they actually took care of me. Because ba- back then, you know, it's not... I would say the, the, the kampung spirit was still alive. I see. Yeah. So when I say kampung spirit, I'm talking about like us having to go to neighbors mm-hmm. when to babysit. I mean, they babysitted us. So I, I, I kind of grew up actually mm. like learning about how to eat kueh, how to eat ketupat. <laughs> it should mm. teach me how to speak Malay like, so like you know. Come in and say, it's not buggy. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, okay. So I was actually very exposed to the Malay community. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in the, uh, <laughs> in the kampong of Bukit Panjang. <laughs> yeah, so I, w- I, I remember I was, I think I was born and raised in Pending Road. Pending yeah. Road in Bukit Panjang, right? Then after that, I moved on to Jelapang. And then after that, I stayed put until, I stayed put in Bangkit Road all the way through. And then after that, moved to Cashew. And then eventually, I moved out. This was all in Bukit all in Bukit Panjang, right? It's everywhere in Bukit Panjang. As yeah. I say, Bukit Panjang is one of the best towns, man. <laughs> but I mean, going back to my 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 very close neighbor, um, yeah, they really took me in. So they are a pair of very old. Uh, they are like Nene and Datuk lah. Hmm. So growing up, we were there like chuchu, I guess, <laughs> little grandkids that running around. Uh, but yeah, I. <laughs> They took care of me because my parents, both my parents, were working. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom and dad were my mom and dad were working at a point in time. My dad was an engineer, and I think my mom was doing some logistics work as well, so admin mm-hmm. stuff. 
yeah, so didn't really have time for, you know, you got six, seven kids, man. Like, you know, how many hands do you have? <laughs> you only got two pairs of hands. So thankfully enough, this neighbor opened up their doors to us and I literally was just brought up like from the morning all the way to night till my dad came, my came back or my mom came back. Growing up eating Malay, Malay food, <laughs> growing up eating Malay food, um, basically learning Malay words sometimes. And then, uh, yeah, they took care of me. I even had a sarong that they gave me. But, you know, in of course, in, in, in when I was at home, um, my dad and mom would actually converse in English because my mom comes from a, a place which is the Visayan region. Mm-hmm. So they speak their, you know, their language, uh, which is called Visaya. Mm-hmm. My dad basically speaks Tagalog, but the fact that he's been away for so long from the Philippines, he obviously feels more comfortable speaking English. Oh yeah. So I grew up speaking English, in fact, and you know snippets of Tagalog here and there, and sometimes even you know my mom's language as well. But mm-hmm. I never really grew up um, learning, learning Tagalog ta- as an official language, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. but you know, growing up, I also had a big family, so I had six. Six members in my family. Uh, no, six siblings. Mm-hmm. So that makes us seven kids. Yeah, so it was never quiet, by the way. <laughs> um, but then, you know, so I had my oldest brother who took French. I had my sister. French in, yeah. in Singapore. In Singapore, yeah. As so a you, second language. As a second language, yeah. So he had to go through uh, the MOE center uh-huh. uh, every, like, twice a week or something like that, where they actually have to, he has to learn French. Because... When my, my brother was born in the Philippines, my mm-hmm. oldest brother, I think four, four of my siblings were born in the Philippines. So when they came here, um, they were exempted from mother tongue. I see. Yeah. So I think some, some people, if you hear, uh, you know, when you're not, when you didn't learn the foundation here in Singapore, like, mm-hmm. for example, you didn't go through kindergarten or primary school, uh, you're basically exempted from... But that doesn't apply to you, right? Because no, you are born here. Exactly. I so I, I, I actually took Malay all the way through. I had a I had a year of experience in Chinese of Mandarin in kindergarten, but that didn't really work out. That's why. And then <laughs> I still remember my teacher saying, Well, okay, <laughs> Mandarin's not gonna work out for you, so you know, you gotta choose <laughs> other two. So I was like, Tamil or Malay? Uh-huh. I think I choose Malay, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they were like, Oh yeah, Malay sounds like the Galog, you know, you've got some similar uh, words, right? Like Payong mm. is Payong. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool, you know. Um, but yeah, coming to primary schools, um, you know, I, like going back again, brother took basically French. Had my oldest sister that took Mandarin for a while. She switched mm-hmm. on to Malay. And then the rest of us basically was like, yeah, I think Malay is going to be the one that we actually can learn um, since, you know, it's basically, it follows the you know, the alphabets <laughs> at least. What did that feel like to you you know to be learning a language that you actually don't speak at home yeah that's yeah. an yeah that's an interesting question because i think for me it's it's more so well back then when i was younger it was more so of like Ugh, this is another language that i have to try mm-hmm. to pick up but i think as the years gone by and you know like i said you have very caring teachers like who basically never gave up on me (laughs) okay uh so yeah (laughs) but i mean i had teachers who obviously have been really um helpful in terms of me learning how to speak um and really like spending real time because i 
you know, wasn't the best student in that aspect. But for me, I think my perspective was, yeah, it's just another language. And at and that age as well, it's like, oof, you got no choice, right? So it's like, okay, I got to learn. Mm-hmm. The other thing is also, I have to do well <laughs> mm-hmm. enough to, you know, make it true. Because, you know, academics here in Singapore is actually quite emphasized, yeah. so to speak, yeah. Because it still is tabulated under your PSLE score. Exactly right. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so that's one thing. But um, I, but growing up, yes, I always knew I had a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. Meaning to say that I knew, grow, uh, going home, no one would be able to teach me. There was no way that I could be like, "Hey, mom, mm-hmm. <laughs> what is this word? Like, what is peribahasa? <laughs> or like, hey, mom, what is imbuhan? Like, mm-hmm. whoa, kata seriti seiras, you'll be like." What is that? <laughs> so, I remember buying the Kamus. Yeah. Literal trans- That was my best friend in... <laughs> Kamus in- is dictionary, by the way. Yeah, yeah Kamus. Uh, dictionary translation, English to Malay. And I still remember circling words, like the common words that would come out. Oh, my God. And literally, it was like, yeah, just memorizing. And I remember the, the way how I learned was very, very traditional. So, when I say traditional, I'm talking about translating every single word of like the comprehension mm-hmm. in Malay and saying, okay, this means this, like doing a carrot on top of every word and say, okay, this is it. And I would literally have that and write down, this means this in English oh and then God. try to put it in my karangan. Uh-huh. But sometimes it does, it sounds Doesn't very fit. weird. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very weird because, you know, you got some random word adds there and then I'm like, oh, this is a good word. But then the rest of my sentence is like, <laughs> I totally empathize with you, bro. Yeah, I know. Now that I'm learning, uh, I mean, in in university when I'm learning Thai language, yeah, yeah, I totally empathize with how tough Correct. it is. But you you had to do it at a at such a yeah. tender age, you know. Yeah. So for me, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't um, it wasn't something that you know at that age you know you wouldn't be like oh I can just give up right and mm-hmm. you know that there wasn't an option that was extended to me. Um, were there times that I wanted to just throw away my kamus? Of course. Like, <laughs> but at times I didn't want to come to Malay class because I knew I probably failed the exam. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, to me, it was just another language that I could use. So mm-hmm. that was just learning. Yeah. Talking about this whole uh, system of being in Singapore and uh, the education system, which placed quite an emphasis on this thing called the mother tongue. You know, for people like me, obviously we had the we have the upper hand at, at you know being tested for our for a language that we speak at home. Yeah. And do, do you feel like it's at, do you feel like it's in any way uh, a discriminatory practice to you or how do you feel about it? You know. Um. No, actually, because I think if you are actually born here and raised here, I think it's imperative that you actually pick up. Mm. One of the main languages, at least. Mm-hmm. I think the thing about Singapore is that you would never come across a student, at least for for anecdotally, uh, based on personal experience, you would know that it's actually illegal to not send your kid to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's emphasized. So everyone actually has a starting ground, so to speak. You have mm. the access to teachers, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But that said, yeah, of course, you can bring up like home advantage, mm-hmm. so to speak, because, you know, you're obviously learning a language that you speak at home. Um, I wouldn't say it's discriminatory. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because um, it it just for for me in my own perspective, it's it's just another um, it's just another subject that you are being exposed to. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I can have you know like for example math. Mm-hmm. I can have parents who don't even know who barely pass let's say primary school education, but you still got to learn math, right? Mm-hmm. And would you say that's discriminatory? Yeah. Just because you're right. Yeah. So it's the same thing for language. Do I have to, did I have to actually put in extra effort? Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so does other people when it comes to challenges, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, that was, that was the way how I was brought up. Like, okay, this is a challenge. Just go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to take Malay B in secondary school, go ahead. <laughs> Maybe you can, uh, you know, but to me, yeah, it's just another subject and another challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Would would I be open to taking another subject other than the four languages? Maybe if that was extended to me, maybe Spanish would be one. <laughs> mm. Just because it's a bit more similar to Tagalog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. More so, so than Malay. Yeah. <laughs> more so than Malay, I guess. But with that, you know, then again, it's also, again, it's another new language and it's also, is that also discriminatory, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we can go on and on mm. talking about our primary school days because yeah. it was indeed, I would have to say that it was indeed the most memorable, memorable time of my education life. I love that. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, as we've earlier talked about, we, we kept on uh, catching up over the years, you know, like we meet random times mm-hmm. we usually just cross path yeah and uh and i just want to take you back to the time when when you were playing rugby you know after our chenghua rugby days you moved on and played for uh, anglo chinese school independent yeah uh, and one of the things i would call it an achievement was for you to actually play for the national youth team and when I say national here, I'm referring to to yeah, Singapore. Singapore yeah. You know what 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 did that uh, feel like to you to be to be representing the colors of uh, Singapore? Yeah, I think it was at that point in time. Of course, the I would say the pedestal to aim for was obviously playing and representing the country itself. Mm-hmm. So you know you've got schools, you know if one championships the national championships for schools basically and then mm-hmm. the next step is obviously the national team yeah so at that point in time uh so by the way i i grew up uh, i am currently a singaporean mm-hmm. um citizen um at a point in time for the past let's say 20 plus over years i was a pr mm-hmm. so at a point in time i think like you said did i see myself different from others of course Everyone's carrying a pink IC. I'm carrying a blue one, <laughs> right? <laughs> then um, certain things like uh, school fees were slightly different from from, yeah. from what my dad slightly would higher for you, yeah. Yeah, slightly, at that point in time, but now it's really like the, the gap has gone uh, by. Um, so yeah, uh, even the what the Eagles Award. I would never get that because mm-hmm. I'm not Singaporean, right? It's only for Singaporeans. Oh, is it? Yeah, so I didn't have any EduSafe. Back then, I didn't have EduSafe. That award that we get from the community center. Yeah, I would never get that. Never, never have. Seriously? Yeah, because it's only applicable to Singaporeans. But, but fair enough. Like, oh. cool. Like, it should be. That know? was the money I used to actually buy my rugby gears, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could use that, right? I could buy more protein. <laughs> 
but um but yeah so i never get that and it was, i would wonder like always to to, to like my friends who were getting eagles when i was like i actually scored better than him how come yeah. i didn't get or like i think i'm you know at least i didn't i'm not that bad of a student right <laughs> <laughs> but like what come how come you can get like you know me it's a couple of hundred bucks eh? you know when you're younger like a couple of hundred bucks is a lot no? but like you know but like, i then i knew that oh, it's only applicable to Singapore. i'm like okay cool fine that's fine um but yeah going back to rugby so obviously the highest pedestal is playing for that but at a point in time okay you're i remember i was 15 years old and uh, we were called up to represent they basically took the best uh players at a point in time to represent singapore for an exhibition match against hong kong Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's singapore under 16 versus hong kong under 16 um but to be honest it was more of like okay i can get to play with my friends you know i see and uh, if I could get to play my friends and being exposed to other players as well, like, you know, from rival schools like St. Andrews uh, and other international schools, right? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, to me, it was more like, okay, it's another, it's another game to play for. And uh, representing Singapore was, yeah, it was, it was, of course, the highest pedestal at a point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was quite surprised that I was actually called on to captain the team. Oh, so I was, you were the yeah. captain of the team. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. So I was like, oh, okay. Because at that point in time, I was still a permanent resident, right? So I was like, it did actually dawn upon me. But like, I was, af- it was only like a few years after that I realized, oh, yeah. Like, they didn't really care. <laughs> do you have to like declare at some point? No, no. Like, oh, no. Uh, declare what do you mean? So like, they just uh, approach you and say like, hey, Harvey, uh, why not you join our national team? Or like, do they ask you first like, are you a citizen here or something? Or they just assume that you're a citizen because you came from SSI or something? Yeah. So we had a few like international players who weren't even Singaporeans um, or oh. PRs themselves, right? Hey, if I'm not wrong. No, 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 no. They had to be, they had to be PRs. Correct. Yeah. Permanent resident. The, the minimum was permanent resident. Because, okay, the thing about Singapore for rugby, IR back then was International Rugby Board. Now it's obviously World Rugby. <laughs> uh, for, for, for countries' representation, it opens a myriad of doors. So what I mean is, you can play for a country that your grandparents are born in. Mm-hmm. You can play for the country that your parents were born in. Or you can play it for the country of birth. Mm-hmm. So long as you basically stay here for more than three years, you can also play for that particular country. Mm. Yeah, which is why, obviously, if you look at some international teams, you mm-hmm. would notice that hey, this this guy doesn't really look Irish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. But I mean, yeah, there you go. So he either qualified through his grandparents, parents, or even lived there for, or was born there. That's why. So for me, I qualified obviously because I was born here in Singapore. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, there you go. That's why I was able to represent uh, and possibly also captain the team in under 16. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you mentioned this uh, of what World Rugby calls it today as a, change of allegiance yeah which was a phase that you actually um went through because after you played for the national i mean singapore youth team Mm. at some point in your life you actually also played for the philippines volcanoes or Mm. the national rugby team of the philippines when was that and uh how did that um happen happen yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, it was so interesting because um, so after playing for the national team for Singapore, um, I actually found out that there was a Philippine national team uh, called the Philippine Volcanoes, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I still remember I was 17, 18. 
And then they were like, oh yeah, we have a national team. I was like, oh, I didn't know Philippines had a national team because we mostly play basketball. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I asked my dad about rugby and he was like, no idea what this game is. Like, I mean, he, of course, like when he was here, he grew up and he saw me playing. He was like, okay, yeah. There's this weird oval shaped ball that exists uh-huh. <laughs> and people love bashing each other. So, um, so that's one. I actually got uh, told by one of my coaches growing up. Uh, his name is Mark. And of course, I had my other uh, coach growing up called Jock. Mm. Uh, coach Jock. Jock. Yeah, Tiernan. He's back in, in Oz. And then also had like, you know, growing up, I had a few coaches as well. Like, you know, Reese, Reese Jones, um, who are all very instrumental in terms of, you know, Opening up my perspective when it comes to uh, the F- the Philippines being being in existence because they were there. No, I mean I have so many other inspirational coaches. Like I gotta mention, like you know, Coach Adrian, mm-hmm. uh, Coach Jamal, <laughs> Coach Jamal okay. as well, right? Uh, and of course, when growing up in the clubs and everything else, so on and so forth. But yeah, I mean these these coaches were the ones that actually told me about like you know, hey, this this guy grew up in Australia. You know, didn't really have that potential to represent Australia, but because he was of Dutch descent, he was able to represent the Dutch national team. Then oh. there was so having that conversation was like, oh, okay, so you, you can, can actually, actually do that. You can actually do that, right? So I was like, yeah, I was still carrying a Philippine passport back then, and you know, to me it was more of there's an avenue to give back. So what mm. I mean by that is, I was born and raised here. I was gonna eventually serve my NS. Mm-hmm. So and then you know obviously whatever contributions you have here in Singapore. So I, I knew that yeah okay cool I, you know I play for the Singapore youth team, but is there a way that I can actually give back to my own heritage, which is obviously the Philippines, right? Because mm-hmm. at a point in time, let me um, I've never traveled to the Philippines before. So ever since I was born here in Singapore, all the way until eighteen, I've never traveled to the Philippines before. No way. Yeah, never, because. It just never, yeah, just never dawned upon me. Cause because my, if, yeah. I, uh, if I can uh, just interview, because yeah, 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 the, the common uh, stereotype is that, you know, these people who are from another country or have the bloodline of another country will usually visit this other country like once a year or something to meet your, your family members, you see. Right. Yeah, so I think uh, growing up, I think it was quite hard for my family because we had like seven kids. Uh-huh. So it was hard for us to like, go by batches and I think at a point in time yeah it was more of I, I so I grew up in a family that's uh, that is very um, was predicated on if you want to do something that you want to do you do it by yourself I see yeah I mean of course they'll help out like my mom and dad like they emphasize like hard work mm-hmm. all the time not only through the what they say but through their actions as well so it was more of that so at a point in time, obviously, when you're working, you're like more for sustenance, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than okay, I want to travel. Like, uh, I rather save that money for some like my extra allowance. Yeah, yeah. So on, only at a point in time, like eighteen, when I was already like, you know, I had my, I started working when I was like about fifteen, mm-hmm. like you know, part time jobs here and there. So by eighteen, I had you know some money. So I said, okay, yeah, I can travel now to the Philippines, and then. Yeah, so I had never traveled to the Philippines before. So I was always wondering, but I always had my cousins who saw me growing up playing rugby and they were like, oh, and they were like, you know, the, the fact that they would say, I want to learn about more about this game 
gave mm-hmm. me that impetus to say, hey, yeah, maybe, you know, I could actually go down there and actually see what's it, what, what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, when I, I, so I basically, there was a series of emails being exchanged. Eventually, I got called up to the junior Volcanoes team, which is the under 19s. Mm-hmm. And I remember stepping into the country itself, no idea what's happening. Mm-hmm. My mom going ballistic because she was like, "Oh, you're gonna get kidnapped! <laughs> like, you're gonna, you don't know anything like about the Philippines, and like you know, oh, you're gonna get your wallet stolen, your phone stolen." <laughs> okay, but but to be fair, I think my only introduction to the Philippines was through this uh, TV series, and I was watching this series called Pangako, Pangako Sayo. Sayo. Yeah, and I promise to you. Yeah, the the guns were there. The guns, <laughs> the guns were there, right? Like. Yeah, you know, like, and, you know, growing up, obviously, in Singapore, it's like, we take safety to a whole new level. Like, we leave our phones in a kopitiam and go off in order. Like, nah, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that in the Philippines. Or like, you know, even having your bag by your back, your backpack, uh-huh. instead of having it in front of you, that's mm-hmm. that's something that I actually like, wow, okay, I tr- really treasure the safety here in Singapore. Uh, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was funny. So, but, uh, you know, everything turned out to be safe. But eventually, I also met people who are like me, like who grew up in the UK, who are either having, either have, uh, you know, heritage by, you know, half, they basically they're half Filipinos or mm-hmm. they're full Filipinos themselves, but was born in the UK because their parents migrated like mine mm-hmm. or, you know, having like different heritage as well. So like from my end as well, like my dad had British blood, Filipino blood, my mom had like Spanish blood and Filipino mm-hmm. blood. We're all like, they call it here in Singapore, Roja la. Roja. <laughs> Roja la. So, I, I, and I met people the same way. Like, you know, didn't grow up learning how to speak Tagalog. Had like few snippets. Mm-hmm. Moms who basically punished us severely. Tender loving care. You know? <laughs> By tender loving care, I mean like, you know, slippers being thrown at your head halfway through the room. Or how tender. How tender, right? But, you know, we, I think we grew up fine. <laughs> yeah, but I think, you see, that's, that's the beauty of sports, you know. But, yeah. I think in uh, in recent news, we've had um, stories of people like Loken Yu, who yep. was recently the world champion in uh, badminton, and he was questioned of his um, origins of birth, yep. which was uh, Penang in Malaysia, mm. and then even uh, closer to the sport that we played ourselves too, rugby. Mm. You know, we have uh, players like Marcus Smith. Yeah. You know who was also questioned in a in a in an interview in a, in the UK where he plays for the England national team and Harlequins yeah. and Harlequins yeah he was um, he was called black by a by a rugby pundit you know yeah, of course and uh, and you know there was also this um, post. By Centos Rugby, which yeah. is a rugby team in, in Singapore, yeah, claiming you know that this guy was actually grew up here in Singapore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so there's there's this talks about like I think the the word allegiance actually really mm. struck me. You know, like it's almost as if you question to which country you are loyal to. Yeah, yeah. But for your case, you know. You, what you brought up was something that was different, you know. You, you were talking about giving back yeah. to a community which, without sports as an avenue, you would have never been never. able to contribute in any sense yeah. to this particular nation. Correct, yeah. 
Yeah, so that was that was always something that I wanted to at the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. It was more of like curiosity as well because I'm again being said I've never traveled to the Philippines until I was in like eighteen, mm-hmm. and it was only because of rugby that I was able to travel to. And funny yeah. enough, you mentioned Marcus Smith because when I was playing for the under sixteens for Singapore, he was playing for the under fourteens, and Marcus Smith is also Philippine. in Singapore. Yeah. Yes, so he represented the Singapore under 14s. Cool, bro. Yeah. Marcus Smith, if you are listening. Yeah. Kudos no, so, to you, man. So he's 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 half Filipino. Uh-huh. And his brother is actually representing us, the, the Philippines national team, Luke Smith. Oh. So he actually qualifies for the Philippines. Uh, but then again, you see what I mean? He also qualifies for England. Mm-hmm. He's, and he's obviously good enough. And he's smashing and killing it, you know, killing it there. So good. Yeah. I actually had a conversation with, with him before on Facebook because you know we kept in touch uh, mm-hmm. uh, growing up. And I mentioned him. Hey, are you looking to represent the Philippines, man? You know, yeah. I heard you're killing it here in England. And he was like, Oh yeah, I actually got selected for the England juniors. I was like, Yep, okay, good, carry on, man. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, but you see, that's that's the thing about the sporting community. There you it? go. Yeah, we yeah. actually really encourage you to pursue yeah the best at the best level. Exactly. Know? Yeah, mm. and I think uh, and uh, yeah. So for for my yeah in my own experience and everything else it was more of like like i said there was something that was that i was curious about and also at the same time i was also finding ways that if i could do this and sort of like give back and see maybe one cousin pick up rugby then great mm-hmm. you know for on my end and or or like you know instead of basketball yeah instead of basketball right because <laughs> i know like filipinos man any filipino listening up like if you Want to pick up basketball and you're not over, I guess, five foot nine. Just forget about it. <laughs> Play some rugby, man. You know, we're all built for rugby. Trust me. The food that we eat, we're built for rugby. <laughs> no, but what, what I'm trying to say is that if I could, in a, in a way, and I find myself that as well because I find like snippets of Filipinos here in Singapore. And when they take up rugby, I'm so excited because like that's a different sport that we were told to mm-hmm. religiously follow. Mm. right <laughs> you know my dad tried to force me to play basketball as well I was never really interested <laughs> um, but yeah so I'm, I'm excited in, the, in that sense because if I could do something like that and inspire other Filipinos mm-hmm. here wherever you are basically then great yeah yeah uh, and speaking about going back to Philippines well you we went back to Philippines only at the age of uh, I wouldn't even say went back you see because yeah. you've never been there before. But exactly. you went to the Philippines for the first time in your life yeah. at the age of 18 years old. And like I've, as I've already earlier mentioned, that somehow our lives always cross paths. And we met again in NUS. Yeah. Uh, you were taking, you were in the history department. I, yeah. I was in the Southeast Asian Studies department. I'm still, mm-hmm. I still am in the department. Yeah, and I remember uh, walking down the corridor that I was telling you like, hey bro, you know I'm going to, to Thailand for yeah. a semester. And then you were like, oh, but isn't that expensive? And I say like, firstly, Thailand is not that expensive. True. But secondly, because we get uh, funding. Right. For being a Singaporean, uh, under the Temasek Foundation, uh, yeah. I, I can't remember what's the program called, but it's under yeah. Temasek Foundation. Yeah. So I told you like, hey, why not? Like, are you interested to go to the Philippines? Yeah, yeah. No, by, by then, I was already a bit more familiar with yeah. uh, the universities in Philippines, like Correct. University of Philippines, Ateneo. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and you and you told me like serious, ah, bro. <laughs> and then it got you so excited, you know. And, of course. Uh, <laughs> and eventually, you did apply, and you 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 got yourself that grant, and yeah. you went to Ateneo. I wouldn't say the second time, but for the longer for a longer period, you know. Yeah. What did that feel like to you to be in the uh, Philippines as a Filipino descent, grew up? As a Singaporean. Yeah, so, Miro Sai, now that you mentioned, you actually changed my life, to be honest, because <laughs> I met my, you know, my current girlfriend, Angel, yeah. not the name, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, you see, guys, go for exchange. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I was, I was always wondering, because, you know, you have that, you have a group of friends who obviously want to go on exchange, and obviously exchange is like a big, big, I would say... Spending. Big spending, yes, for sure. But like a, a big ritual, right? It's uh, yeah. like a rites of passage that every NUS student has to go through. Or even like the Singapore universities. Like, oh, what are you getting for exchange? Oh, UK and all that. Mm. That was never in my mind because number one, my parents basically said, if you want to go, mm-hmm. you got to spend it on your own. You got to go and, you know, at that point in time, I was like, you know, doing all kinds of jobs, like mm-hmm. waitering, uh, teaching students, tutoring and everything like that. So the money that I saved up was basically just for me. Mm-hmm. And so there was never a conversation in my head that I was going to go on exchange because number one, how am I going to fund for it? Mm-hmm. And I hear all the stories about people spending 10k and all that on exchange. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, Whoa. where are you getting that money? Yeah, are you going to get that that cash, man? I got no idea you save as So no way. And then I met you, and you said like, actually, we can go to Asian countries for for exchange. I was like, what, really? You can? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, and if I did the math, I was still, I still remember just calculating like, ooh, okay, this is how much we get, yeah. But of course, you know, I had some, uh, that that was when I realized that, uh, yeah, it was actually workable. And you mentioned Philippines, Ateneo, mm. and I was like, ooh, Ateneo? So I asked my dad, like, how's Ateneo? Like, this, you know, this school, and he was, oh, they're very good basketball, you know? <laughs> Yet again. Yet again, you know, <laughs> there you go. And then my mom was like, ooh, there's actually, the, you know, the school for most of the, you know, like the, rich kids i was mm-hmm. like oh really okay and but my mom was like yeah but i think you're gonna fit in there i was like why it was like ah, most of them can most of them speak english <laughs> so uh-huh. i was like oh, okay nice mom thank you <laughs> so yeah and having because at the age of 18 then i i I've, after from representing the the philippines at 18 right mm-hmm. every year i come back for the you know the asian championships for the rugby Oh, okay. So by the time I was in university, it was like a good three, four years that I've already been back every year subsequently. Mm. But so you you knew people there, and kinda yeah. And I felt that you know if I go back to Philipp- if I not go yeah go back now I can say go back, but like <laughs> if I could spend a semester in the Philippines, really discover what it's like to actually live there, study there, mm-hmm. work there even because I ended up doing my internship there. Um, and play rugby at the same time, like mm. like grow up in a community because there was community in Philippines that played rugby. I was like, yeah, why not get the full experience, right? Mm-hmm. Plus, it's affordable. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just get a correction there. I applied for the grant, but I didn't manage to get the grant. I was oh, hoping to get. get yeah, I didn't get the grant. Oh, so no. two, of, two of my friends that came came with me got the grant, but I didn't. Both of them, I think, yeah, both of them, yeah, they got the grant, but I didn't get the grant. But any I was idea, like, any idea why you didn't get the grant? No idea. Okay. I don't know. Foundation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to Masik. <laughs> no, but it was it yeah, was fine. Good. Yeah, it was fine for me. I mean, if I got a grant, then great. But if I didn't get, I also didn't. I also did the math even without the grant. So mm-hmm. I wasn't pegged 
like you know i wasn't depending on it uh but yeah so i did that like literally that was one of the best decisions that i made so mm-hmm. thank you for that sayed you are definitely welcome yeah and uh, to angel too your girlfriend yeah <laughs> uh, she's happy that she saw me there right ah! <laughs> but also my other friend who actually suggested philippines i actually pushed for it was mm-hmm. nadia Mm. Uh, Nadia Natasha she was also from the history and psychology department so she was the one that actually said hey I'm going to the Philippines the deadline is this midnight do you want to apply and I was like <laughs> should, I, should I should I should I and eventually I did at 2359 by the way mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah um, so yeah you know I gotta thank that I think for me it was also again like I said going back really really experiencing what it's like to I think at the back of my mind, just growing up and trying to find out like how my dad actually grew up, or my mom actually grew up. So how was it like? You know, I mean, outside of, I don't mean to exclude Ateneo because well, Ateneo is also part of Philippines. Yeah. You know, but outside of this uh, English speaking bubble, you know, mm. um, how was it like? You know, life there. I've never been to Philippines myself, too. You know. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, you gotta. Go. I hope to go there one day. Yeah, for sure. Post COVID. <laughs> Post COVID, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I think. Touching down, of course, uh, at that point in time, I was, so so I grew up in the Filipino church, um, and they speak Tagalog, so I think that was how I actually learned Tagalog, mm-hmm. unofficially, so I could converse in Tagalog. So the the sermons and the speeches. Sermons are all, yeah, I mean, they're like Filipino service and everything else. Okay. So I think after a considerable number of years growing up listening to Filipino, I think you probably would pick up some here and there a lot, so... Mm. When I grew up, yeah, so I could converse in Tagalog, mm-hmm. but, you know, obviously, you know, people would be like, this guy is not from here, man. Because <laughs> the way how I, the, the pronunciation and everything else, and, you know, it, yeah, it's different. <laughs> Example? Like, kamusta ka, you know? <laughs> my, like, my intonations are all, like, something somewhere weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, I could converse, man. So, that's fine. I could converse, you know, buy buy stuff, everything else. Like that was okay for me. I, I would say I rate myself quite okay. Like <laughs> you have a conversation with me in Tagalog, I could fairly con- converse in that, although with some snippets of English, of course. But I think growing up, yeah, there wasn't re. I didn't re. I mean, of course, I yeah, there was a separation in the sense that yeah, it was also different, right? Because mm. didn't grow up there. Even the clothes I wear may be different as well, mm. right? Um, and maybe mannerisms. Did anybody come up to you and ask you things like, are you Filipino? Of course. Yeah, back there. Like, number one is like, how come this Filipino is so big? I've <laughs> oh. never seen a big Filipino before. Or like, but you know, that, that was actually what happened to me when I was in uh, New Zealand. I was yeah. in New Zealand for a holiday and they were, they all thought that I was Filipino because right. of how I look like and my, my size. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I was, I'm rather small as compared to them, you see. Yeah, yeah. The big, yeah. The, yeah. So you are definitely huge, bro. Yeah, so they were like, what's this guy? Like, probably probably eats a whole cow's here. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think yeah, of course, that's one. Um, you know, and yeah, I've got people walk up to me and say, oh, you know, you sound, you sound a bit weird. Like, some sound a bit different. The way mm-hmm. how I speak in Tagalog. You know, first they would be like, oh, yeah, you full Filipino? Like, you can't be, like, there's got to be, like, some halves in there. Or, like, you probably grew up somewhere, like, not here. And, which is true, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely true. So, how did that happen? Like in, uh, in coffee shops? Yeah, or? coffee shops. Um, shops that I go to to buy stuff. Uh, even in school as well. Mm. I introduced my name and they'll be like, this guy's not from here. <laughs> like, where is he? Even from your name? From my name, yeah. Even from my name. So, 
I remember your full name, bro. Aldrin Harvey Deposoy Mercado. There you go. A-H-D-M. So even, yeah. <laughs> so even that, they, they don't think it's Filipino. No, I mean, no, they know it's Filipino, but like when I come up there, they'd be like, oh, are you a third culture kid? Like, this is what they call it, right? Third culture kid. You grew up, your heritage is here, oh. but you grew up in another culture. Is that term in Tagalog for them? Third culture. No, I've not come across okay. it before, yeah. I just thought that it was like something like we will refer to to white people as Angmo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here in, yeah, in Philippines, they call it Mestiza or Mestizo. Meaning to say, okay. like, you're half, half, or like you have some snippets of other heritage other mm. than Filipino. So, yeah, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you, you like mestizo, you know, in the Spanish term, they'll say, like, oh. but it's not, uh, is it considered? It's, it's not a derogatory okay. term, no. It's mm. more of like, you just, that. Yeah. yeah. I read it somewhere that, you know, being a half is not bad in, in all uh, contexts and instances. Yes, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned about you playing for the Philippines national rugby team. And I was playing a devil's advocate of like, do you feel more Filipino or do you feel more Singaporean? You know, uh, did these questions appear in your mind or you didn't think of it at all? No, of course. Like the my latest competition in 2019 in the Asian Rugby Championship, we were against Singapore for the, the final round. Oh, the round. finals, yeah. Yeah, the finals, right? And then I remember the national anthem being played and... I was like, oh, <laughs> I can sing both. Because <laughs> technically, I'm Singaporean and I'm also Filipino heritage, right? So, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I was, I was actually like, wow, okay. Like, it did obviously dawn upon me in that, yeah, in that aspect. Um, am I more Singaporean? I guess, yeah, for sure. In that sense that I grew up here, I served the national service. I'm still serving if you count the reservists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and my heritage is here. I mean, when I say heritage, I'm talking about like, you know, the, my roots are basically... But we talk about like, you know, am I also Filipino? Yes, of course. I think you can you can definitely be, be both. Yeah, in, in that regard. So I think in my, in my... In my regard, when I was... When I'm playing rugby, I'm thinking about going back to why I even started playing for the Philippines and why I chose to play for the Philippines, which is to give back. Mm-hmm. So I always have that set of foundations to go back to. I'm playing for this country because... This is my heritage, mm-hmm. uh, it's my roots, and I want to give back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's also sport, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you have... The pursuit of... Pursuit of excellence, yeah. yeah. Pursuits of excellence, and... Uh, but there you go. Um, but do I feel less Singaporean? Absolutely not. You put me in Singapore, like, I can basically... Leave. You know, I can basically live and thrive yeah. <laughs> in that regard, or assimilate, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the reason why, like I said, the, the reason why I give up and sort of played for the Philippines is more of the foundation of giving back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So in that regard, did you, would you classify yourself as uh, being in between, you know, in between these two, these two heritage and uh, citizenship? Yeah, um... I would say, yeah, I, I did find myself a bit like, you know, like, ooh, I'm being pulled on one end, you know, seeing my teammates who I grew up in, mm-hmm. play, you know, playing for Singapore now. I was like, ooh, okay, this is quite interesting. But at the end of the day, I'm also going back to sport itself, right? Mm. You've had, you know, like you grew up playing against rival schoolmates mm-hmm. who were basically grew up playing with you in primary school, for example. And you see them now playing for another school. 
and you're thinking, oh my gosh. St. Andrews. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like our good friend Shafiq, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's just sport, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, yes, it's a big thing to represent countries and everything else. But at the end of the day, it's just sport. Mm-hmm. You know, it has to be a winner. It has to be a loser at the end. But the whole idea is it's one community going, you know, it's a whole sporting community. And at the end of the day, it's, it's, um, it's a spectacle for people. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's and to me that yeah, that's and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After after going through all of this experience, you yeah. know, like um, going to the Philippines at the age of eighteen, mm-hmm. well, and everything before that is basically you are being just a typical Singaporean. Yeah. You know, do you face this question of or doubt of are you Singaporean and how do you react to that or? You don't react to it because it's just so normal. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think growing up, there was, uh, you know, I, okay. So to be honest, I didn't feel any. There was 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 there something that I was subjected to, like being derogatory, uh, you know, derogatory acts by anyone? No, no. Mm. I mean, was I being subjected to racism as well? Mm. To be honest, no. I yeah. mean, I grew up here. You know, just had to had to also do the grind, right? Mm. <laughs> um. Maybe I wasn't perceptive enough. Maybe I mean, of course, you know, typical jokes like, "Hey, you clean up this thing," or like, you know, because obviously, mm. like, or they make fun of me, like, "Oh, we have the new next helper here," or like me, you know, like. Mm. But I'm like, okay, cool. Like, uh, you know, I, I'll make fun of them as well. Like, sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it wasn't. It wasn't any f- experience, or rather, you know, I would say atrocious experience that I had to go through where I'm like oh man this is really like subjective of, to, to racism mm. so I didn't have that I didn't all the way through and I would say this very very clearly all the way through when I was growing up you know idea of meritocracy idea of you know hard work mm-hmm. uh, work hard and everything else was there and you know um, I, I had that you know and that, uh, it, meaning to say that I was subjected to that so I wasn't anything subjected to being subjected to racism or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood that, that coming from an immigrant family, we have to work. Mm-hmm. We have to strive harder than usual. And we have to be grateful with, for, for what we have. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. how my family uh, raised basically raised, raised us. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't like, oh, this person is unfair. Yeah, like, oh, okay, quit complaining. Go start working, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that's one. Um, how did I feel growing up? I always felt that in fact, I actually felt slightly over... Okay, when I say this over the edge, when, when I say I had an edge, because the national language for, for Singapore is Malay, right? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I learned the national language. So when I'm, someone asks me, you know, what's the... You know, I, I say, I speak the national language. And they'll be like, huh? What's English? I'll be like, no. <laughs> Look up, man. Look up. What's the official national language? It's Malay. You know, it's funny, like instinctively, every time I meet you, yeah. I will always speak to you in uh, the Malay language. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so even out there as well, ordering food, like I order, I go to like a Malay store and I start with speaking Malay, the auntie will be like, wow, you want Malay? Yeah. Panda, yeah. And then they give me extra chicken. I'll be like, yeah, good, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Or like go to a chicken rice store and like I order in Chinese because, you know, I picked up Chinese in, in, in university. So I always saw it just as an opportunity for me to learn and, you know, see past the barriers, I guess. Mm-hmm. But that's what what Singapore is, right? We are mm. a melting pot of cultures, and it's whether or not you want to immerse yourself and mm-hmm. how deep you want to immerse yourself in. And mm-hmm. that's and you know I I'm very I mean I'm eternally grateful that it 
made my family here, I guess. Like, mm. I have now nephews and nieces who are born here. So they're technically, like, what, second generation mm. Singaporeans. And eventually, I'll see them doing DNS, mm. <laughs> learning Malay. Now they're learning. My, my, ne- my niece is now learning Malay. Now they can ask you, bro. Now they can ask me. So, yeah, now they can ask me. Yeah. <laughs> so, there you go. Um, I think it's really depending on how much you want to immerse yourself. Yeah. Mm. And uh, just to end on that note, on uh, okay, I wouldn't call it an end yet, but maybe it's opening up another can of worms, you know. Mm. But you mentioned about opportunities. And, yep. well, your dad came here in the 1980s to seek opportunities. Yeah. And he eventually, like only a few months ago, right? Yeah, in June. <laughs> yeah, he went back together with your mom to retire, uh, to retire in uh, in Philippines, in Manila, right? No, in my mom's place, Dumaguete. Dumaguete. South. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what? Because if I can be very frank in this podcast, yes, you know, uh, which is the purpose of this podcast yeah. anyway, we ha- as Singaporeans we grew up with this. Um, you will call it complain, but <laughs> like you know, this stereotype that these uh, foreigners, so as to speak, they come here to seek opportunity, mm. get as much money as possible, and one fine day retire back in their home, mm-hmm. home country, mm-hmm. quote unquote home country. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was exactly what happened to your mom and your dad. and your dad. Yeah, like and you were telling me before this that you know you totally understood their, their move. Yeah. You know, but, but you can't say the same for yourself. Of course. Yeah. yeah, do you, would you care to speak a bit more about, about this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, number one, it's, it's the fact that they, they, they were born and raised in the Philippines, so I can't take away that from them. Mm-hmm. Are they more comfortable there? I guess so, since they picked mm. that as their retirement place. Yeah. Um, and they've, it, it's always been their sort of angle where yeah, I'm going to retire back home there because I've got my other extended family there that I've not seen them before. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, I've got help there that I can extend to. Mm-hmm. We, they, they grew up there. Um, and I guess it's also, then it opens up, yeah, like you said, opens up another kind of worms, so to speak. But we have, you know, our own Singaporeans going to other places to retire. But So it, you can, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can. We all of us yeah. can, right? But, you know, why do we do that? I guess, I mean, like you said, if, you know, foreigners come here, they take their jobs away, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Are they really taking jobs away? That's one. Or, you know, if as long as they respect the values and the rules and laws here by you know, paying their taxes, contributing here. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair enough that they're legally binded here. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they are nice nice people and the fact that they respect others. Mm-hmm. And that's another question as well. Mm. So for me, in my sense, so why I say it's, I understand from my parents' point of view, yeah, because they were born and raised there and they basically lived most of their first four years in the Philippines mm. and only migrated here during their adulthood lives, which is basically like what my dad was like in the mid-30s, oh. mid-30s that he came here. My mom, maybe about the same as well, so similar. So yeah, it's always at the back of his mind, right? But for me, it's like, what? <laughs> it's the same thing, like, when I said to when I was going for the first time to the Philippines at 18, can I actually say that I'm going back to the Philippines? Or yeah. is it just visiting for the first time? Uh-huh. Yeah, so, you know, this is where I grew up in here. And this is where I would always say when I reach and touch down in Changi Airport, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm home. I'm home. Yeah, like yeah. this is home. 
like I miss the MRT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I miss the services of the MRT or the bus or like the safety. Like you dishing out your phone while walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. It's something that I've been here. But can I say the same for my parents? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and your action really does speak. You know this, this idea of quit complaining and uh, let's get things done. Yeah. You were sharing with me about your girlfriend also coming here yeah. and uh, finding it a bit tough to to land a job here. Yeah, yeah, and eventually she she got hired mm. and uh, she's now working right. together with you, right? In the same yeah, company. In the same company. Yeah, very very honored and privileged, I guess, that we were given the opportunity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. I wouldn't say it's just given, you know, you actually really did search and you yeah, make opportunities yeah. out of it. Yeah. Shout out to Unreal, right? Unreal, Unreal Personal Training and Breakouts. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Sports is forever in your blood. And, uh, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I wish your, your parents all the best with their retirement in in Philippines. Yeah. And uh, I really, really look forward to spending or crossing paths with you for the next I many, many years will. of our lives. We always will. Yeah, it's like it's like when yeah, we always meet, yeah. Like mm-hmm. at junctures where they, we actually don't expect, you know, yeah. right? Primary school and then well we continued playing rugby and I meet met you in secondary school and then I played rugby in JC and I, I met you again. Yeah. And then in NS I met you, you again. Again. NUS. In NUS I met you again. Well we never know where it takes us. Maybe to Philippines together, bro. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Right, and uh Thank you so much. Well, before that, before we end, do you, like, do you wish to add anything? Or, or no, I said, yeah, so if anyone's listening here, I hope uh, basically you can get some snippets or viewpoints. Uh, but yeah, it's been a privilege and an honor to be part of this project of yours. I love the fact that you guys are doing this. Thank and, you so much, bro. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I love the fact that you guys are doing this. And uh, yeah, just, um, just continue with Aspect and just let me know if you need any support or anything. Sure, sure. And thank you so much for your time and uh, all the best for your future endeavors. All right. Cheers, man. Thank you. Cheers. All right. Thank you. See you guys at the next episode. Bye-bye.